Hi there, I'm Robert Hurst, and I welcome you to this podcast of Safe Zone, your one place for sane and practical discussion about keeping your place of worship safer. In the Safe Zone, we integrate common sense ideas and concepts from various disciplines for tips that help create greater safety and security. Safe Zone isn't just about you, it's about everyone you love and care for where you worship. Let's get into this episode of Safe Zone. Welcome to Safe Zone, and I hope you've had a good and safe week wherever you have been. As our nation enters another month in dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and its impacts on every part of life, please continue to exercise due caution and safe health practices in your family, your business, and at your place where you worship. The risk of losing a life is simply not worth trying to prove that we don't have to do something. Okay, today we're going to address a topic that is near and dear to everyone I visit with as they either start their team or they expand an existing team at their place where they worship. And I offer to you it's something we can carry on later as we will discuss in another podcast into the very culture and fabric of our church. We're going to discuss some of the various personal attributes that are best suited for people on your church safety and security team. Now, there are several unique challenges when recruiting members for a safety team uh, for any place of worship, security, safety, whatever you're going to call it. Where does one start? What do you look for? I get tickled because I've heard people say, will it be that tall, lean, muscular, hard, look-in-the-eye person who presents as though they could handle themselves in any situation, and maybe they could. Will it be the former military person who has seen active combat on multiple occasions so you know they should be able to handle an adrenaline rush? Or how about this? Will it be the mature woman who seems to have a God-given sense of perception about human nature? Or maybe the fun-loving, ever-joking person who makes people smile with their very presence but always has that keen sense for what's going on inside of the person they're interacting with. As they said in the old movie, uh, Ghostbusters, who you gonna call for your team? Well, believe it or not, each of these different types of people could have their place on your team. The question, though, is, should they? What are you looking for in a team member? Well, let's discuss five steps you can use when putting a great team together. Step number one, first of all, be proactive. That means you seek out your team members. Don't wait for them to seek you. Now, before you get to this point for this proactivity, ideally, you will have thought and talked with your church leadership team about the very goals and purposes of your security and safety team. Now, I strongly recommend against making just a general initial call from the pulpit or even in the church bulletin or whatever communication source you use for interested parties. Bad decision. And the reason is that more often than not, I've had many stories related to me over the years that back up the fact that what you will find is you initially attract what I refer to as the rough riders. You know, people looking for action, not ministry. Now, I know you don't want to be unnecessarily exclusionary, but it's important to ensure each person for your team possesses the qualities that you're seeking in a team member. Step number two, and that second step is to ask questions. But start with yourself, because when evaluating possible team members, you've got to ask 
um, such questions through what you're perceiving is, do they have a heart of ministry? Are they confident? Are they people of action when called upon? Are they willing to learn and take direction? Very important, are they spiritually sound? Does their life walk the talk of a follower of Christ? Here's an important question. Are they reliable? Can they be relied upon to follow through on tasks given to them, such as being on time, staying on station where you ask them to be, and things like that? Do they have any severe physical or mental limitations that might put themselves or others at risk if they served on your team? Now, be cautious with this last question. A person who is not suited for physical confrontations may have a skill set and the ability to minister in a medical setting to medical needs. Or they may have a wonderful gift of discernment that is well-matched with an outgoing and friendly personality, which are all great attributes for meeting people that are first coming into your building. So match your question to the person's skill level and demeanor, as well as the team task. Step number three. Step number three is kind of interesting. It means what you do is you're going to set exclusion limits ahead of time. Now, here's what I mean by this. You ask yourself this question. Who should not be on the team? Now, once again, don't just be exclusionary just to satisfy a whim, but also do not put people into situations that might create potential harm for themselves or others. We're finally coming to the realization in our world that we live in today where we recognize that limitations in one area of life do not necessarily mean limitations in all areas of life. However, with that said, someone with a low tolerance for frustration may not be the best person to have on the front line. So judge this question carefully, but deal with it realistically. Step number four. Step four is to identify team needs first and then match potential members to those needs. Now, we know that in a perfect world, a church safety and security team may have need for people in uh, many disciplines or roles. For instance, just the general safety checking to make sure things are safe around the church. Um, security in and of itself. Parking direction. Maybe the children's area, which, by the way, I do encourage that you focus on that. You may need to have a shadow for the staff, which means a person that simply is there near the staff during the time of worship or whatever time frame you decide just to make certain that they're safe. You may have a medical response team. And then, of course, there is the overall team leadership, and there could be other positions. So based on where you worship, your needs and the number of people you have will probably change, but so will the number of people that you have available. Decide on which roles are the most important to fill which ones require special skills, and so forth, and then go from there. Once you've identified and prioritized your positions, then you can begin to look for the correct people to fill those positions. Folks, no church is exactly the same as another, so I encourage you to combine positions and actions in a way that makes sense, but that also matches your place of worship and the particular needs that they have. Step five, well, finally, think about and this is going to sound a little bit unusual, but think about possible personality challenges. As you put your team members together, begin to notice and understand the different personality types that are on that team. 
Personality drives so many facets of the way a team operates that it can and does drive actions and responses of that team, either in very positive or it can be in negative ways. These days, most people have taken some type of personality profile test, and those are helpful to them. But in my other business life as a leadership consultant, where I've uh, helped develop, I've conducted leadership training, I've done one-on-one and group coaching for over 35 years, I can definitively tell you that six months after a person has taken a personality test, very few of them can remember, number one, exactly what their personality type was, or number two, what it means. But more importantly, though, they don't realize how the traits that are inherent in their individual personality can impact interaction with other people and their personality types. Now, that is an important point because you can have friction on a team that people don't even realize why it's happening, and it's simply because two totally diverse personalities are kind of bumping into each other. So here's an action point for you. Regardless of your position on your team, take the time to understand personality styles because it will make a huge difference in the effectiveness of a team. It not only impacts interaction within the team, but it will impact the way the team members interact with church members and visitors to your place of worship. Now, let me kind of give you a teaser message here and say I've already planned to cover leadership and leadership personality styles and impacts, etc., in much greater depth um, and how you as a leader can leverage them, but we're going to do that sometime in a future podcast. So there are the five easy steps to starting the process to building your team right. Number one, be proactive. Number two, ask good questions. Number three, determine your team member limits. Number four, identify skill needs for the team. And number five, think through and be aware of personality strengths and challenges. So what's next after this? Well, you start asking people to join asking them to join one of the neatest ministry opportunities they will ever experience. Perhaps you already have an active team and you recognize that some of these very simple questions are important to helping you understand both strengths and weaknesses within your present team, but you're not quite sure what to do next. Eh, As stated earlier, we will address more of this in, in future posts and podcasts about leadership, so just check back regularly. Maybe you don't have an active team. Well, now you have another tool to use to build a strong, functional, and well-focused team. Now, keep in mind that these are just five questions, and they are not 100% inclusive of everyone's needs. After years of working with churches and other places of worship, I do know, though, that these five areas of consideration are the ones that consistently surface as issues. So start with these considerations, and it'll help set you up for success. Well, that's it. You know, the people who can help make an outstanding team, church, security, safety, whatever you want to call it, for your church, they're already there. They're in place. God has provided them. Hey, now through prayer and perseverance, just go find them. God bless. Have a great week and be safe. That wraps it up for this episode of Safe Zone. Take what you've learned and help bring a newfound peace of mind to those you worship with by making it a safer place to worship. Now, to help us, if you would, I do ask that you go to iTunes or whatever podcast service you use and leave us a favorable rating. That helps us in this very crowded 
just general podcast marketplace. And while you're there, be certain to take a moment and hit the subscribe button so you won't miss a single new episode that's released. Finally, forward this podcast to your friends and associates that are in your sphere of influence on a daily basis. Hey, after all, we're all in this together, so let's learn together and grow together. Until next time, have a great day, have a safe week, and wherever you worship, let's make it a safe place to worship. God bless and goodbye.